Well, hello there, friends. Hello, new friends, returning friends. Welcome back to the Listening Well podcast. This is a space where I discover different avenues of wellness with the aim to transform our life from the chaos we may experience into a little more clarity. There are different aspects to wellness, right? It's so subjective. Wellness to anybody is a very personal experience. And in this podcast, I love to touch on not just the mental aspect of wellness, right? That's been a theme, the idea that mental health is important, but also physical wellness, spiritual wellness, even something like social wellness, which I find is one that might be overlooked and does make a difference in your personal wellness journey. I'm your host, Stephanie Bovis. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing more around the physical aspect. Okay, we'll be discussing fascia and my fascinating feelings about fascia. Fascinating fascia is the name of this podcast or this episode. Now, Connective tissue has gained a lot of attention in the field of anatomy and physiology. So in this episode, we'll be exploring about what fascia is, if you don't know, why it's important, and how you can personally train your fascia and its role in maintaining our overall health and well-being. Now, during the pandemic, as a student of life, I just can't stop learning. I did take a course, an online course by Jennifer O'Sullivan, who's amazing. She runs Sati Yoga. And while I'm not going to be discussing the nitty gritty, the microanatomy, the macroanatomy of fascia, I won't go into that much specificity, but rather I'd like to share with you, first of all, why I'm so fascinated with fascia and by understanding even just a sliver of what fascia is and its function in its body, it will in turn inspire you to continue your movement nutrition, to place or to understand the importance of training the body on your fascia, and to have you think if you are varying up your movement practice enough, because as you'll soon learn, fascia loves variation. Okay, if you're at this point yawning and you don't really care about fascia or this is too scientific for you, did you know that by training your fascia and keeping it nice and healthy and hydrated and elastic, it can actually help with your aging process. Yeah. So if you want to understand how to keep your skin and your tissues looking younger for longer, this episode might be one that you want to give a listen to. So what is fascia? Fascia is a connective tissue that surrounds all of our muscles, our organs, and pretty much any tissue in the body. 
It is a 3D web-like structure that's made out of different compounds such as collagen, elastin, and other proteins. And it gives structure and stability to our whole body. And it's formed throughout the whole body. There's this image whereby you can imagine the fascia kind of like a sweater that's just in the shape of your body. And it, if you removed all the bones, the cells, the organs, the tissues that comprise our body, and you're left with just the fascia, what would be left would be the same shape and outline and contouring of our body because it provides so much stability and structure in our whole being. It keeps our body's shape. There are different layers to our fascia. There is the superficial fascia, which can be found just under the skin, but there's also deep fascia. So the superficial fascia, that is the layer closest to the skin and it contains fat cells that help to insulate and cushion the body, is great for our elasticity in our skin, for example. But the deeper fascia is actually a thicker layer and this surrounds our muscles, our bones and our organs and ultimately protects them, okay, supports them. You may not actually know this, but fascia also contains sensory nerve endings. So it's actually the biggest sensory organ in our body. It provides feedback to the brain and tells our body where the position is, how to move, where there's tension. Fascia is the largest sensory organ in the body and it has more sensory nerves than our eyes and our tongue. It even has six to ten times more sensory nerve endings in fascia compared to our muscle fibers. So when you're doing a yoga practice, for example, and you've just come out of a pose and you're in rest, the sensations that you feel in your body are actually the response from your fascia, not necessarily from your muscles. How cool is that? I think it'd be great to explore what the history of fascia is. And there's a long and complex history. And this spans across many different fields of medicine and anatomy. The ancient Greeks and Roman physicians recognized the importance of fascia in connecting the body structure. They realized that there was this substance that held and kept everything in shape. The term fascia actually comes from the Latin word fascia, which means bind or bandage. And you can think of that, even visualize that. There are many different kinds of fascia distributed throughout the body, and they all look different in its shape, depending on what the function is needed in the body. So in the 16th century, anatomists began to study fascia in greater detail. But at this point in time, they were really more interested in the muscular structure, the musculoskeletal anatomy in the body. So they were cutting away through this um, 
sort of material and it's kind of like, it's not um, exciting stuff. It's like this uh, grimy material. They were cutting away through the connective tissue, throwing it away so that they can then explore and discover and learn more about the 600 plus muscles that reside in the body. But of course, as the decades went on, in the 19th and 20th centuries, the study of fascia became more specialized. For example, osteopaths and chiropractors developed techniques for manipulating fascia to treat musculoskeletal disorders. And there were researchers in the field of biomechanics that explored the role of fascia in movement and athletic performance. There has been a renewed interest in the study of fascia over the last 50 years, whereby researchers from so many different fields explored its functions and its potential therapeutical applications, which in turn has led to the development of different techniques such as myofascial release, foam rolling, uh, the rolfing method. So these were all techniques to manipulate the fascia in our body. A fantastic book that one of my friends, Ryan Unsworth, shared with me, he's an osteopath in Singapore, was the book Anatomy Trains by Thomas Myers. And in it, he shares that, you know, over the last few centuries, there has been a preference over the musculoskeletal structure but now more interest is actually being put into the fascia system and the important implications on our overall state of health in the body. Fascia has a more important role than just being the padding around the spaces of the important stuff. So again, like I mentioned, fascia's role in the nervous system is amazing. The brain it doesn't differentiate the body into separate muscular parts. So your brain is not going, okay, hey, hamstring, move, or hey, bicep, do a curl. It sends signals into the fibers in our body, including the fascia, to tell the body to move as a unit. So this has important implications on functional training, for example, that we shouldn't compartmentalize the body into separate units. Dr. James L. Oshman says that the fascia forms the largest system in the body, as it is the system that touches all other systems. And this is why it's called the connective tissue. There was this research out of Texas, which I found fascinating, and it kind of illustrates how fascia keeps our shape in our body, and it keeps the insides from puddling down to our ankles, okay? Without fascia, water would just be trying to make its way down to our ankles because of gravity. So this research involved creating a ghost heart. So what they did was they took a pig heart and dissolved all the cells, and what was left was the fascial structure. So it was like the scaffolding of the heart, the exact same shape of the heart, all those nooks and crannies and crevices. And what they're doing is they're going to be using this scaffolding of the heart to then 
grow new hearts by taking another person's stem cells and growing the heart around the scaffolding to then be transplanted into another human. Super cool, right? Fascia is kind of like the shell on the inside. You know how snails, they create their shell to protect them on the outside. But it you can think of it as like the shell on the inside of our bodies. It winds its ways into the spaces in the body and it's a living organ. It's responsive. Our nervous system is listening to our fascia all the time. And because of its role as a connective tissue, because it doesn't receive much blood, like the muscles do or even the bones do, oftentimes injuries are actually in the fascia. And and fascia heals much slower than, say, our muscles and our bones because of the lack of blood for the repair. So injuries to connective tissue can take quite some time. From the research that I've done, it's between six months to 48 months. So it's a long, long time. Now, I've named some functions of fascia already. I've accented the fact that it provides structural support and stability to the body, right? Like if we hollowed out our cellular matter, as I said, we would still have the full shape of our body inside and out, which is super cool to think about. But it also helps with our movement and mobility. It protects also our internal organs from outside forces, it also acts as a sensory organ. So like I said, it provides feedback to the brain about our body's position, movement, and tension. So your proprioception, which may not be familiar to you, proprioception tells you where you are in space. So by training your fascia, you're also training your proprioception and you'll be able to move with a little more integrity right? You trust your movement. This is why we don't stick a fork in our face when we eat. Our proprioception shows us where we are in space and we know that our mouth is here and not somewhere up, somewhere up by your forehead. Now I want to talk more about training your fascia. And you can now bring to mind your own movement nutrition, okay, the exercises that you do. And maybe there's something you can relate to as I walk through this next part, or maybe there's something that you'd like to add to your movement nutrition. We all know that our tissues need to be stressed in order to get stronger. We need to progressively load our tissues so that we can become stronger, right? Like when you do your push presses, for example, we're loading our tissues, perhaps the muscle fibers tear a little, but this is also why rest is important because then this reparation then makes a stronger muscle. If we don't exercise our tissues regularly, we lose our gains. But of course, I am not an advocate for the no pain, no gain mentality, because there is an eventual limit to what your tissues can do. And you'll find that it's a lot harder to load heavier weights towards the end of your training session because your fascia holds water and it can become dehydrated. So especially when you're tired, if you're tired, respect your body because it just takes one more push to then create an injury. 
So when you think about your exercise, think about what you're doing to your tissues. Are you providing your tissues with some tension? And the tension here is the resistance of the tissues to being stretched, right? This is when two bones move apart, essentially when you stretch the body. Are you providing a little compression in your movements, closing a joint? And compression, when done in a healthy manner to the extent that your body feels comfortable with, you can re-stimulate the growth of connective tissue and your bone health. So when bones are pressed together, creating less space, this is what we call compression. And contraction, these are when your muscle fibers shorten, like a bicep curl. You can look down, right? When you do a bicep curl, you'll notice that the bicep, the muscles shorten. Training, moving the body improves our movement patterns. It improves our posture. When we walk around hunched, if we are gaming for five hours a day, if we are on the phone hours a day with our heads tilted forward and us looking down, our fascia listens to that and it will preserve that shape which is why you'll find that there are a lot of hunchbacks around because they're not incorporating the right movement patterns in their body to reverse that postural damage that has been preserved by the fascia. Full body exercises are key. Free weights, babe. I used to be a huge gym goer and I would love the machines, right? You go to this machine, you go to that machine. Oh, I've done five machines today. I am so awesome. Like I've done a lot today because I've done all the machines. But since having worked and started training at Ritual Gym here in Singapore, which emphasizes functional movements, full body movements to it allowed me to understand that I should train my body as the machine, not with machines. That was when I saw gains in my tonage. There was more equal tone distributed throughout my body as opposed to, you know, doing the quad press or, or the lat pull down where there's just like one movement available. The machines isolate the movement. And fascia doesn't necessarily respond well. It responds to repetition, but it loves variation more. Whereas free weights, you can explore different variations to movements, different body expressions compared to what the machines offer. It's important to train functionally. Like, what are you training and teaching your body to do that you can use in your everyday life? Train in multiple vectors. What I mean by this is really, for example, if you take the TRX, right, and you're doing some rows, instead of doing rows in just one manner where you pull and the elbows come towards your ribs, try your elbows out rows, Try to switch it up between the two. Maybe you're rowing and you're expanding one arm out and then the other. Maybe you're pulling the TRX in an X shape or a Y shape. Vary it up. 
And you'll notice that doing this sort of free movement gives you a lot more variety than compared to the lat pull-down machine, which really only focuses on one vector, right? Just this down and up movement. So fascia loves variation. This is a fantastic way to train your fascia. And if you are used to just one regime, like you can think that you are super fit, right? You go to your HIIT classes, you crush the HIIT classes, but then you go and do some rock climbing and you realize, oh my gosh, what is going on? I thought I was strong or after the rock climbing session, your body is so sore because you're introducing a new movement and a new way of pulling and pushing that then speaks to your whole body. You know, when you say like you've, you didn't know you had certain muscles in your body because these like muscles that you're not familiar with become sore when you vary your movement, it's the same thing. So doing activities like throwing a ball against a wall, ball slams, those ropes, you know, where you're just, you're slamming the ropes on the floor. You want to give your body a full body workout. Again, fascia likes variation. It likes loads. It likes angles and it loves tempo. But of course, it's important to also rest, right? So even in our yoga practice, that was to do more with like fitness. But when we think about a yoga practice, vary up the movements. Repetition will help with the learning process, but to make new neural pathways and to break up and reorganize the fascia, you need to mix it up a little. So I am not an advocate for alignment yoga because we all have different bodies and different bones and the shape of our skeletons look completely different, but rather focus on the feeling. A good yoga teacher will go, all right, so you should be feeling a stretch or something in your inner groin or in the outer hip. And it's up to you and the empowerment that you have, because you know your own body's intuition, to move the body in a way so that this part of the body can be felt. For example, the very famous cat-cow pose, the hands don't need to be directly below the shoulders all the time or knees below the hips. Try to do a little misaligned cat-cow. Move a foot behind, maybe shift the arms forward a little bit or the knees back. And so when you mix things up, you can experiment with the feeling and the difference in sensation in the body because new movements will bring and increase that mind-body connection and your proprioception or how you move in your everyday life will be improved. It's very important to build in moments of stillness when you're doing your practice or your fitness regime so, so that the tissues can rehydrate, so that you can notice the effects of the practice so that you can become closer to yourself by noticing the differences on both sides of the body and how senses are felt in the body as well. So again, movement practices, it's a great way to train your fascia 
yoga, Pilates, even Tai Chi are amazing. If you want to involve more slow, controlled movements that encourage stretching, that encourage compression and tension throughout the body, that's great. I am primarily a yin yoga teacher and yin is essentially a practice of yoga that targets the connective tissue around the body. Connective tissue responds well to these slower, long-held poses. And so practices like yin yoga really allow for these connective tissues to stay elastic, to stay healthy. At the end of the day, motion is lotion for our bodies. So really think about that. You're not just toning the muscles, you're also by moving, increasing the plasticity and elasticity of your fascia. This is super important, especially as you age, because what happens when we age, we dry up. We become a little more brittle. We produce less collagen and cells that help produce fascia. So it's important to have a healthy movement practice during your whole span of the life. Obviously, you probably won't be able to bench or lift the same amount of load as you did when you were 25, and that's okay. We also have to embrace the aging process as well, but it's just important to make sure that even if you're going for a walk, even if you are doing some bouncing movements like shaking, fascia loves shaking and bouncing, like trampolining is fantastic for the fascia. Just do something. Another very uh, popular way to train the fascia is to do things like foam rolling or to go and do some myofascial release. So foam rolling is a technique where you use a foam roller to then apply pressure to your muscles and your fascia. And what this does is it helps release the tension and adhesions in your fascia. And this in turn allows you to build better circulation. It allows you to increase your mobility and to ultimately reorganize that fascial matrix. I think I said or shared with you an analogy at the beginning of the episode about that sweater. You can imagine fascia is like a sweater that covers every inch of your body. When we have adhesions or when we've strained one part of our body, especially in the connective tissue, you can think of a sweater, like a, one of those wool sweaters. And you know, when one thread gets pulled up and then all the cloth bundles up into that one little part, right? Stretching one part of the, the sweater, but then isolating and creating this like, this little nick, right? Where all that fabric pulls into one place. You can think of that like your fascia. So foam rolling and stuff like myofascial release helps release the adhesions in that space so that the fascial matrix can be more evened out. It's also great to go to practitioners who work with myofascial release, right? Where the practitioner can apply sustained pressure to specific points in the body. And this will also help with your mobility. It'll reduce pain and inflammation and just allow you to feel good, right? There was actually this fantastic study that argued that collagen is as strong as steel. So 
there is some arguments here that myofascial release when someone's massaging you can't actually break up the fascia from the get-go because collagen, which is inside your fascia, is so strong. But there's research that shows that manual therapy is more of a neurological benefit rather than a physiological benefit. Because to iron out and stretch out that collagen, collagen which is as strong as steel, takes a lot more time, a lot more effort than just a one-hour massage. So training your fascia takes time, it takes patience, it takes years to for example, repair from a connective tissue injury sometimes. But it's just cool to know that there's so much more than meets the eye than just our muscles, that when we are putting our bodies through different variations, different repetitions, different you know, rests and timings, and when we vary things up, we're also training the fascia that is spread throughout our body. Fascia plays a role in hydration and aging, as I mentioned before. We are 63 to 66% water, and it's because of fascia that this water is distributed evenly around different pockets of our body, right? So everything in our body needs to be hydrated. And as I mentioned, we dry up as we age. The older we get, the more brittle our tissues become. But you can think of fascia and the way that it behaves like a sponge. So when this sponge is dehydrated, it becomes hard and brittle. So it makes the sponge difficult to move. There's no elasticity or plasticity, and thus you're more vulnerable to injury. When your fascia is hydrated, it's stronger, it's more springy. So it's important to keep our fascia hydrated so that we don't lose its elasticity and we're less prone to damage. So exercise helps with this, but more importantly, it's important to rest. So for my power yoga teachers out there, for my vinyasa teachers, you know, if you are doing a crazy long sequence on one side and there's not a lot of rest involved, the likelihood for an injury will be there because the muscles have been dried up, we are more brittle, and so there's been not enough rest for this water to rehydrate the tissues. Rest provides our tissues with the chance to rehydrate, which is why interval training is catching on, where we alternate intervals of work and rest. Periodic pauses are important. So if you are a yoga teacher and you are teaching a power flow, just ensure to include rest so that the bodies of your students can be more hydrated and less prone to injury. We lose cells and collagen as we age, and these are the cells that create our fascia. Our muscles will atrophy, the ability to produce more collagen will decline, and it is said that by age 40, we have lost 30% of our daily collagen production. 
which is uh, staggering, right? You'll notice that our skin will sag, our bodies have less support overall, our tissues become less springy. So when you used to do jump squats effortlessly in your 20s, you might notice that, oh, this is a little bit difficult now. So it's important to stay appropriately active so that we can generate new fascia. We have to move. Thomas Meyer shares, all living structure is a dance between fluid and fiber. So hydration is important for the nourishment of all of our tissues. Well, that's all for me. That was a lot on my fascination for fascia. Just understand that by having healthy movement nutrition, by respecting your body's need for rest, these are all fantastic ways to train your fascia, to keep you perky and uplifted, to keep yourself a little younger for a little longer, right? The moment you stop moving, the moment you are sedentary, the fascia will respond. Again, it's a living thing. It knows when it's not being trained. And even if you've just trained for two months for a marathon and you've gone, well, I did two months of crazy hard physical work. I don't need to work anymore for the next month or two. This is not the right approach. Rather, if you're not feeling up for it, just do very simple movements. And most importantly, I think what you can take from this episode is to vary your movements. If you're doing the same thing again and again, try a different variation of the same movement. Try a whole new movement altogether. Okay, sign up for kickboxing, sign up for Pilates, allow your body to recognize these novel movements so that it can create new neural pathways in the ways that your fascia responds to your whole body. It is so important. Your fascia is everything. And I will leave you by saying that motion is lotion. So get moving. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope that you've enjoyed it. As always, leave me a review or talk to me if you'd like. You can always reach out via our website or our Instagram. Give us a five-star rating. Follow us. Love us and show some support. Till next week, have a fantastic day ahead. Have a fantastic week ahead. Move gently, but most importantly, just move. Ciao.